Welcome to the Clay Young Show. It is the final show of 2015. Wow. 45 shows in we are, and we're just getting started. Welcome back to the Clay Young Show here on podcast225.com, on iTunes, and on the Talk 107.3 mobile app. We had a great time last week talking with David Savona of Cigar Aficionado, talking about their top 25 and all things premium cigar, and that was really good. I've got great feedback from some of you on that, and I appreciate those of you who have been supporting the show and listening to us all the way through these 45 editions. Don't forget, you could subscribe to the show at iTunes. If you are not an Apple user, you can go to the website and get the show directly there, or you can download the Talk 107.3 mobile app and hear us there. Got lots of great guests planned for you in the coming year. In addition to new shows on podcast225.com, you'll be hearing about that in January, or should I say within a few days or a couple of weeks, but you'll be hearing about it. Today's show, uh, well, we bring Condon back. Yeah, this is a conversation he and I had, I guess, about 10 days ago. It was maybe a little longer than that now that I think about it. It was right after the presidential, the last Republican presidential debate, and he swung by the offices here, and we sat down and banged out a show. I think you're going to find it interesting. He talks a little bit about Les Miles and he gives his thoughts on how that whole thing played out. And he talks about the Super Bowl in addition to politics. And I won't spoil that for you. It's just Condon being Condon. And I think you will enjoy it. My thoughts on the end of the year after my conversation with Richard. And that is next here on Podcast 225.com. Promote your business or organization on Podcast 225.com. Podcast 225.com is quickly becoming a weekly tradition for Louisiana listeners. Every month, thousands hear the weekly Clay Young Show. Every week, Clay sits with some of the state's most fascinating and entertaining people. Posting your company's logo on the podcast225.com website or having a professionally produced commercial air on The Clay Young Show is a great way to access a loyal and informed audience. Get more information by calling 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Welcome back to The Clay Young Show. Well, this is my end of the year gift to all of y'all, you know. Don't say I never gave you anything because I brought back the gift that keeps on giving. And he's he's swaddled in gold this morning. By the way, how many polo outfits, shirts do you have? That's all I wear is polo. Do you have stock in the company is what I want to know. You know what Clay's pretty much telling you is all the important people are either skiing (laughs) on vacation. It's the holiday time. The guy nobody wants to be around, even his family. He's available. (laughs) Let me call Condon. He's in. Richard Condon's here, folks. You know, I hear I've had all kinds of elected officials and business owners and other media personalities. But the one person I get the most comments about or the one person I get the most reaction from when I say he's going to be on is you. That's got to make you feel, well, kind of odd. I mean, yes or no. Well, Clay, I'm not a filler guest. 
No, and if I am a no, filler guest, no, which I may have been no. the first time on no. your podcast, no, no, it won't no, happen no, again. No, 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 you've never been a filler guest. Come no, on. but I give people a reason to listen, man. I'm yeah. honest. I could be entertaining at times. I can be poignant bit, at times. I can butcher the English language many no, a times. Never. Yes, I can all the time. I've never heard so that. So at least with me being involved with your podcast, yes. you never know what's coming. This Other is people, true. politicians, yeah. people in the fundraising business, yes. people, you know what you're getting. It's yeah. like a rubber stamp. Yeah. It's the same old thing. Same UPS guy dropping off your package yeah you know what you're getting every time here when i'm on your podcast you just had no uh, you don't know if it's no. a box of cracker jacks no. and you get the magnifying glass or the black spider ring you just don't know i don't know in fact i think that here's a comment i get the most finally getting to hear richard condon when he could like really say what he wants to say good let's talk about less miles in this football season so that's where I was going to begin anyway. I wasn't saving it for the main event because I never know what you got for me. So, Well, you know, I can't do it on my spaceship, as you well know. <laughs> no, you cannot. So let's talk about that. Can, can I give you my reflection on it before you launch into whatever you're going to launch into? I want to hear it. Okay. If LSU wanted to get rid of Les Miles and had done it the way Georgia did it with Mark Richt, I don't think anybody would have a problem. Sunday after the season's over, that evening you hear Rick's out. Three and a half days later, he's got another job at Miami. This thing was leaked, in my opinion. You know how the media in this town works. If that university, especially the sports department, calls and says, hey, not really real, you guys lay off of this. You and I both know the dirty little secret is media folks lay off of it because they know there's really no legs to that. This goes on for two weeks. Les Miles, who proved, if anybody didn't think he was, he's pretty smart because he played this like Ray Charles sitting at a baby grand piano, baby grand piano. I don't know what the hell a baby grand is, but he 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 played it out. Then he comes out onto the field. He's wait, tipping the cap. He's being carried off by the players. He's singing the, the song. After, you know, the, I mean, come on, man. It, it's like the Les Miles show. And then Joe Oliva at, at the press conference after the game says, you know, Les is our coach. He's always been our coach. He's going to be our coach with this defiant tone. And I'm saying this is one of the worst things I've ever seen here. And Les is the winner, at least until next year. Now the floor is yours. Here's the deal. If you're going to pull a loaded gun, people tell me I don't own a gun. People tell you me if you're going to pull No, I do not. If you're going to pull a loaded gun, you better be planning on using it, yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. Well, on November 17th is when uh, Joe Oliva and Scott Rabelais get together, right? Yeah, Scott yeah. Rabelais, his article came out uh, uh, talking about how Wes could be in trouble, yeah. this sort of thing. Well, you can't use a reporter, and I don't blame Scott Rabelais at no, all. That at man all. was only doing his job. Rabelais's, you give me that opportunity? Hey. I mean, with social media and today. And is good at what he does. Yeah, and I mean, uh, you know, you're in par expecting you to give me more hits, yeah. sell more papers, yeah. magazines, whatever. Scott Rabelais, great family guy. I don't yeah. blame him at all. Nope. Let me tell you, the least critical media member I've ever met in this town since I've been involved in the media since like 88 is Scott Rabelais. Rab- Rabelais got, you're, you're Class. Right, totally credible. So he gets the information from Joe Oliva. Okay, it leaks. And it festers. And it festers. And it festers. And then Joe Oliva has the audacity. After the A&M game, to come out and say, I told you I was going to wait to the end of the season. You did not, Joe, because you let it leak on November 17th. And you put a coaching staff and a group of student athletes in harm's way. Mm -hmm. You made them your dartboard. Yep. 
He handled it wrong. Now you have this whole situation with John Chavis. Yeah. You know, now you got contracts being changed. People, I have contracts. I know doing well when I sign my contract with Guaranteed Broadcasting, whenever that day ends for me, that's the original wording in yeah. that contract. Yeah. You don't change a man's no. contract no. and you don't mess with a man's wife. Yeah. That's two things in life you just don't do. And for the record, they didn't mess with his wife. No, they didn't. So the way this situation was handled... It was inappropriate. It was unprofessional. It's it, it's beneath an institution like LSU. Yeah. With the athletic success it has, academically it's making progress. Your daughter's mm-hmm. a senior. Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. daughter's a senior. Absolutely. I'm going to be proud of whatever they do in their life and hang their diplomas on their house and one day you and I can hug our grandkids. That's right. You follow me? Yeah, that's right. So it's a fine institution. And for the athletic department to be handling things the way it has, Clay, over the last two and a half months, it's an absolute embarrassment. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, going back to this season, the Leonard Fournette, and this is another thing. Here's a kid who goes from being, I mean, they were already engraving the, 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 the Heisman. It was going to happen. How do you go from being the prohibitive favorite to not even getting invited? Well, first off, you know, uh, damn the uh, touchdown club in New York. Yeah. Because that, that young man earned it. He there have been, been Heisman presentations in New York the yeah. first Saturday in December yeah. where you had five and six people there. Right. What, do you guys need better sponsors? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to at least say each and every well, year we're going to have at least five. Right. Let that young man have an opportunity yeah. to go with his parents to New York, to sure. experience, go to Times sure. Square, you know, I mean, go to 9 11, just experience but, that but as I a young th- man. But even though the season tailed off, he did enough in the year well, to at least you, get an hey, invite. When you're the Heisman favorite seven weeks into a season and you you still finish right. as the leading rusher in Absolutely. college football. You I, don't deserve an opportunity. I, I, I didn't get that. And let me tell you something. Why do you Barnett, think that was? Why do you think that was, though? Because I knew he didn't have a shot. I think they knew that, too. But that's irrelevant. Yeah. He earned the right to go. Absolutely. It's the Heisman Trophy. Yeah. You can't tell me they don't have enough money for four more airplane tickets Absolutely. and two more rooms. Absolutely. That's crazy. Yeah, I agree with that's you, That's disrespectful. I just didn't understand that. So you start the season. And it goes the way it goes. It looks like, and you and I talked, we, uh, we did one show earlier as the season was starting, and I agree with you that they were on a trajectory to win another national championship. And then the Alabama game was when the whole team got exposed and everybody copied that blueprint, which was don't let Leonard do it to you. Force Harris to have to do it, and that means they can't do it. You know what? With this LSU coaching staff, and it continues, and it's going to happen again next year, Clay, they never have plan B. Yeah. They never have plan C. For Les Miles and Cam Cameron, as good as Leonard Fournette is, and you know, at that point, the offensive line was struggling a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. To expect Leonard Fournette, I don't care who you are. You could be Jim Brown. You could be O.J. Simpson. You could be Barry Sanders. Yeah. You could be Eric Dickerson, sure. the greatest running backs of all time. Yeah. Gail says, my favorite. Yeah. When they put in eight and nine guys in a box, especially Alabama, look, eight and nine guys in a box against a New Mexico State, right. against a North Texas, right. against a McNeese, if, that, if right. that game doesn't get, you know, lightning out, right, right. yeah, that can win. Sure. Eastern Michigan, yeah, that's good enough. Mm-hmm. When you play quality teams like Alabama and they put an eight and nine in a box, Arkansas, eight and nine in a box, Can't run. those are SEC caliber Absolutely. players who at least three or four on that starting 11 are going to have a chance to play in the NFL. No question. And maybe seven and eight on the staff at Alabama. No question. So what are you doing? you got to put him in a space. Yeah. you got to have a quarterback being able to open, hit open receivers. Here's the thing that ticks me off about this. Because 
because Brandon Harris is part of the reason that Leonard Fournette didn't get invited. Brandon Harris is part of the reason I agree. why, guess what? Leonard Fournette wasn't able to put up decent numbers against the Alabamas and the Arkansas down the line. Here's why. People say Cam Cameron and Les Miles, they can't coach a, a, a quarterback. They can't develop a quarterback. I'm good with that initially. Sure. But, man, when you're making your 12th start yeah. and you still can't hit open receivers in yeah. the flat, in five the yards flat. from the sideline, five yards from you're the sideline, there's nobody around. You're not squeezing it <laughs> right. between a corner and a safety. <laughs> right. He's like wide right. open. You know right. what he looked like? The receivers were looking like they're in St. Charles Street catching the balloons at Bacchus. <laughs> but Brandon Harris still can't complete that so, pass. So let me ask you a that's question. not the coach's fault okay. at this point. It, it, that's right. But don't you think, though, that you owe it to the kid, to the young man, to either sit him down or find another way because by the end of the year, you could tell his confidence was gone. It's like he, he just couldn't throw it. The kid, flat passes, three-yard flat passes. You know, you could almost roll the football to him as close as, as the guys were to him. He couldn't make those passes. At what point do you say, this kid's he doesn't have it? You know what, Clay, the problem is? Because Wes Miles and his coaching staff for the last three years hadn't been able to go out there and sign a quality quarterback. Would you want to come here for that offense? I understand that. That adds on to the problem. You have Anthony Jennings, who has proved he's not a quarterback. Nope. He can't do it at this level. No. Let's go back to this. The guy was no longer at Georgia, Mark Rick, yeah. right? Mark Rick didn't offer Anthony Jennings a scholarship. Mm-hmm. He is from the state of Georgia. Right. We're talking about Anthony Jennings. Sure. There's a reason why yeah. Mark Rick didn't offer him a scholarship. Okay. For whatever reason, Les Miles in his thought process, he doesn't know what it takes to be a good quarterback in college. Dak Prescott wanted to come to LSU. Ooh. Wanted to come to LSU. Imagine this LSU oh. team with a Dak Prescott. Well, let me throw this at you. And I've had this discussion with friends of mine, and and you're the like you're I, and I say it all the time. You're the guy in this town to talk about sports with. Zach Mettenberger at Tennessee, Georgia. Uh, no, no, uh, Zach Mettenberger. Oh, you talking about with the Titans? Yeah, now. with the right, Titans right, now. Right. Sling it all over the field. I mean, cannon arm. We saw a little bit of that here, but not like that. Odell Beckham Jr. Not a single person. Maybe maybe you. But not most everybody else can tell me, oh, yeah, I knew he was going to be that good. Nobody can say you saw this kid within the first couple years being compared to Jerry Rice. Why didn't we see that kind of talent being used on the field here? Well, here's another guy, Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry, absolutely. They went head-to-head recently on Monday Night Football. Absolutely. I I don't get it how they don't use talent. I just don't get it. And you know what, Clay, what is scary is I think these kids love LSU and they love Les Miles. See – but here's what we got to realize. In the last four years, no program has lost more underclassmen to the NFL than LSU. Yeah. It's not because they don't love their coach. Yeah. They love their coach. They just know the coach, along with his assistant coaches, can't put them in the best possibility to grow as a player. And even though, you know, when they go to the scouts and they go to sure. the, the NFL when they give these draft reports, well, I wouldn't come out because if you come out, you're only going to go here. Mm-hmm. They know if they stay at LSU, they're not being used properly. So they're not going to get any better anyway. But don't you think, though, that's a good point because you can't watch an NFL game without hearing the name of an LSU player being called. I mean, and in, in a couple of these games, it's almost like an alumni game on both sides of the ball. That's got to be a, a credit to Les Miles. That's, that's not a Nick Saban thing anymore. Les has been here 10 years. Clay, I'll tell you, people listening to this podcast have lives. They got jobs, multiple responsibilities. They don't have the time I have, but... You know, I do it on weekends. What I'm talking about is on a Sunday night. Mm -hmm. I'll kind of look at the box score 
of all the NFL games, okay? okay. And I'm seeing with this linebacker who barely got on the field at LSU, but he's making 11 tackles <laughs> now in the NFL. I, uh, yeah. You follow me? Yeah. I mean, I'm seeing a way out Collins, and that was tragic what happened to yeah. that young man. Yeah. He's one of the best offensive linemen already. Yeah. Already in a league. Yeah. Already. And you see some of these guys and what they didn't get an opportunity to do athletically, what they didn't get a chance to demonstrate on a field, and you're going – but yet they're at the next level now in their first year or second year and third year, and they're like the NFC Player of the Week. Right. And like they dominating. <laughs> like when I'm watching Fox's pregame and CBS's pregame, it's like they featuring this guy that he didn't get off the bench until his junior year here. Right. Or late into his sophomore year for whatever yeah. reason. I don't know what it is about talent evaluation. Hey, they can evaluate him in high school, but once it, they get him here, right. they don't help them grow as men. Grow so, as men. I've heard this as a rumor, and you know, we're just spitballing here. That one of the people I forget who I was talking with, and I made a comment about Cam Cameron about I just I just I don't see it, and he said no, it's not Cam Cameron. He said Les Miles is veto power. Cam will send in a play, Les will get it, decides if he wants to do that play or if he's got something else in mind. Do you still believe that 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 Les Miles is vetoing plays? for this ultra-conservative offense that he wants to run? Well, I mean, Gary Croton, look, uh, Les ran him off. Cam Cameron, him and Cam Cameron are best of friends. I yeah. don't know if Cam's going to be back for 2016. I think it does. That's exactly right. I mean, I think Les Miles overrides. He's got that Michigan attitude. Mm-hmm. We're going to run, 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 run. That's what we do. You can't win in college football like that today nope. unless you have dominant talent on both sides of the ball. No question. And that's it. And there's only one school in the country right now that can say that. That's Alabama. Alabama. That is the only school. Right now, that's the only school who can do that we're gonna go old school because mm-hmm. we got so much more talent and when our number one defensive tackle or our number one linebacker a starting left tackle gets injured the guy right behind him is just as good or maybe better Imagine- so Alabama can do it so the bottom line is that is so right Clay and you could be a novice fan of sports or somebody who's coached high school football for 20 years mm-hmm. and had a brief stint in college football at whatever level and you're a coach yeah even those people are saying it's not the coordinator's fault. It's last miles. You can't have so many different coordinators, right. and it's still the same result. It, it comes down to the head it's, match. It's unbelievable. So next year now, it doesn't really matter what happens in terms of the politics in the AD's office. He's got to win next year, or there's no saving him. Let me tell you it this. It could be ahead. the best-case scenario, because if he doesn't win, where do you go to say, well, give me another year? Quite here's the issue. Mark down the save right now. Okay. October 8th. October 8th. Wisconsin. No, 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 no. uh, Just no. Think about that date. I'll explain why. October 8th, because what happens is LSU's got to go to Wisconsin to open the season. It's Lambeau Field, same thing. All right. LSU could lose that game. There's no question about it. Okay. And then uh, before Florida, which is on October 8th, okay, you got to go to Auburn. Okay. And then you got a couple of games where they could go either way. Probably not LSU should win Mississippi State and Missouri. But anyway, you got Wisconsin, you could lose that game. And then you got to go to Auburn, mm. and then you got to go to Florida by October 8th. So what possibly could happen? You got two losses there. Here we go again. Mm-hmm. By the time we get to Halloween, it's the same scenario we just went through. Yeah. Here's another bad case. Every program LSU is recruiting against and will continue to recruit against can tell that athlete. Wait, you're going to sign with a coach who he may make it through 2016. Is he going to make it through 2017? So the uncertainty right now, you already got a couple of decommitments. Felipe Franks, one of the best quarterbacks in the country, he ain't coming. He's signing with Florida. Yeah. Coming up on the first Wednesday in February. Yeah. They lost another kid, the linebacker out of Eric. He doesn't want to come and be part of the uncertainty. 
Every program out there can use that against LSU every loss next season. Because if it started in November here and you had an athletic director who didn't have his back, you had a coach who had to wonder if he was going to have a job after the A&M game, mm-hmm. then what's going to happen all next season after each uncertainty? Do you think he's here for the start of the 2017 season? Ooh, man, that's a loaded question, Clay. I think after what happened last year and all the embarrassment that's going on right now, he would have to lose five or six oh, games right. not to be back. Yeah, no, because if, LSU's in a PR yeah, nightmare yeah, right now. Yeah. If, but based if the, on based on how they handled it or did not handle it. Look, yeah. I feel bad for Les Miles and his family, oh, but sure. the way LSU yeah. butchered it for the yeah. best of the program, yeah. for the best of the program moving on, I'd rather this recruiting class rank number two now because they lost a couple of commitments. Mm-hmm. I'd rather this, uh, this recruiting class suffer a lot more and then build the future. Because yeah. what's going to happen now is there is no solid ground. All the uncertainties surrounding Les Miles, and I think we all know, mm-hmm. they're going to lose a few games next season. Mm-hmm. Then what happens? What's going to happen to the program going into 2017 and all the uncertainty? This is a bad time. What about the quarterback, man? Brandon Harris is not as good as people thought he was, simply put. He Got was great, he was great in Freeport, yeah. cannon for an arm. Yeah. Uh, but God bless the kids' uh, game day decisions, some of the throws he makes. And if you don't have it by the time you're his age, you're in your sophomore season, you've made 12 starts, I just don't know how much you get it. If you can't hit open receivers, look, I ain't played high school quarterbacks in 77. Mm-hmm. I will tell you this, even at the age of 55, Give me about a week. I can still hit guys open in a flat. Yeah, I would, you know, uh, when yeah, he can't yeah. do that, Clay, and I'm not taking a shot at the kid. Yeah. It's just certain times highly recruited players, yeah. it just doesn't pan out. The problem yeah. is LSU doesn't have any other quarterbacks yeah. on the roster I to agree. go, okay, we'll go with the other guy. I feel bad for the kid. I generally don't in pro sports. It is what it is. But in his case, I mean, he's a young man, and you think that he's, you know, his education is going to be paid for. So that's a good thing for him. And hopefully he'll go on to do something great. Cause I can't see him playing on Sundays, at least not quarterback, but that's the biggest question mark next year. And it's just the truth. If that kid has a stellar year next year with as angry as Leonard Fournette is going to be going into next right. year, you, you got a shot to do some things. If what happened this year happens next year, it's going to be brutal. Here's the thing. At least, good or bad, we'll know earlier next season what's going to happen than we did this season. Because when they got out to that 7-0 and start, it was number two yeah. in a poll. Yeah. You knew that November was coming. And before the season, you knew. That's the stretch. Absolutely. You know, that's the Alabamas of the world. Yeah. And that's the A&Ms of the world and those type of teams. Next year, you go to Wisconsin to open up. And then uh, before October 8th or up until October mm-hmm. 8th, you got at Auburn and mm-hmm. at Florida. You know early next season how this uh, program's going to play Listen, out. Listen, you know a lot more than sports, and we're going to talk about some things other than sports. But while we are here, I do want to ask you about the NFL this year. The Saints season this year, does Sean Payton stay? Because I think there's a better than 50-50 shot he's gone. And I, I, don't, I don't know that I would have even put it at 50-50 a year ago, but it's looking bad right now. I think this is, a, this is an opportunity for Sean Payton. If he wants to get out, he's going to get out. Everything going on with Tom Benson. And he's going to get paid. And all the uncertainties. And, yeah, he'll get his money. I don't know if he's going to be back. I think in listening to the man, he sounds like he wants to stay in New Orleans. I think mm-hmm. he likes New Orleans. He seems like a man that likes challenges, right? When everybody says he's lost his ship, yeah. that he can't get him back. I think Sean Payton will be back next year, but Clay, all this stuff behind the scenes, because I guarantee you, uh, you know, Rita, 
he can't stand. <laughs> Absolutely can't stand. There's certain people within the organization that will tell you as soon as she's back in the mix, yeah. has a little bit more decision-making power and her and her grandpa and whatever happens in the courts <laughs> and what's going on in Texas and all of that. Yeah. Uh-uh. So I, his biggest problem is Tom Benson not being a man and gradually, for whatever reason, legally, being faded out of the process. What is up with that, man? I don't know. It's a dysfunctional family. That's all it is. We all have one. Who's, yeah. Who's going to win the Super Bowl? I just hope it's not Carolina. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. So that'll be the second part of this question. I think New England is on a mission, and they clearly have – Whatever formula for being relevant they have, it is still as potent now as it has been for the last 15 years. A team since 2000 has been to six Super Bowls and won four of them. I mean, that's amazing. So I think they're going to be great. So I want to ask you about them, what they've done, even in the aftermath of, because, you know, generally the trend has been you win the Super Bowl, you fall off. I mean, they won their first eight or nine games this year. So tell me about New England and then answer, why not Carolina? All right, first off, the two teams I want to win, I got to go NFC. I'm never going to pull for an AFC town, okay. Be, uh, okay. team because I'm from the wall. Don't the say Saints Seattle, guy. man. No, no, no. Are okay. you kidding me? I hate that. Are you kidding me? Okay. See, you use the word hate first. My <laughs> okay. mom and dad never say hate. <laughs> okay. But if you said it first and you're a professional, <laughs> okay. I'm going to say it. I hate those son of a uh. bitches. <laughs> No, 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 no. God, no, I hate awful. Seattle. No, I really oh, okay, do. I hate good. Richard Sherman. I, hope, uh, I hate the whole uh, Pete Carroll thing. Uh, I hate all the goofball people uh, uh, dressing up like the Hulk. Uh, all those jackasses. Uh, it's a it's a liberal kind of town. Oh, they throwing fish at one another. I got uh, your, you, your needle right here. Th- no, no, no. <laughs> who throws fish at one another They do. Anyway. They got that fish yeah, walking in Seattle, whatever. Right. Somebody uh, throws fish at you in Louisiana, you're throwing lead back at them. Yeah, I mean, but it's you a know, compliment. It's it's a compliment up there. It all right. depends what zip code you're in. But look, there, there is that. All right, Clay, I, I, uh, I'm pulling for, and I don't know that I can win it, but I'm pulling for Carson Palmer. You know, I'm pulling for Patrick Peterson and Tyran Matthew. If I had to pull for a team, yeah. plus I don't want to get silly here, but I got to tell you, I think they get the finest helmets in the NFL. I just love the Cardinals. <laughs> I still got remorse that now St. Louis is going to lose another team yeah. because you remember the Cardinals went to Arizona. Now it looks like the Rams are going to the West Coast. Right. So, for and that by reason, the way, as an aside, the Rams and Bucks last night, they looked like a bunch of bottles of mustard and ketchup. I agree with you on that. That was brutal, man. And you know, I don't want to lose track here, but what is the NFL thinking? You know, you got premium, you got a premium brand here. Yeah. Why these, you know, the throwback uniforms every now and then I get, the anniversary thereof, like the Steelers, you know, with the black and yellow, which is ugly in itself. But I get history bringing back, remembering the old days when guys play for 20 bucks a game and no face masks and they're not bitching and complaining and wanting money because they realized back then I got to work two or three jobs and if I get a couple of concussions, I call a Myrtle, her name's Mary, it's what it is. You know, we ain't suing for millions. I know what I do for a living. Okay. I wash skyscraper windows. I realized I could okay. fall. You know where I'm going, Clay. Yes, yes. All right, so back to my original yeah, point. Look, Arizona pulling fun. If not, uh, I, I'm a I'm a I'm a big Green Bay fan. Aaron Rodgers. I love Aaron Rodgers. Unbelievable. You know, so I'm pulling for those two teams. Anybody but New England. I just don't want to. AFC you don't like New England uh, either. No, nah, I'm not a big Tom Brady fan. The only thing I like about Tom Brady is that uh, he endorses Donald Trump. <laughs> so I like that about Brady. That's, that's what and does it for you. And his old lady's hot. Yeah, so I yeah. like that. I like What's that her name about, again? Huh? What's her name again? I don't again? know what her name is. I know she's hot. She's like a model or Her something. name is Giselle Bunchkin. Okay, Giselle. All right. I remembered when we were together at J-Bo, you could not say. You called her Giselle Bunchkin. I used to say, Bunchkin. Imagine me. Imagine me <laughs> so, butchering something. Carolina, why don't you want them to win? I just don't. I'm not a big Cam Newton fan. 
That's because is that because of college football? No, or? but well, he, you know, it goes back to his daddy yeah. selling his soul to the devil. It goes back to some of that stuff. And well, how about the, live and let live? Richard? I understand that, but you know, I can't do that. But look, <laughs> Quay, what's interesting is that me and my son, yes. he can he only comes over on Sundays because yeah. he's got his own place. Yeah, He'll yeah. come over because either mom's buying the food or you know whatever. It's the way it is. It's high quality time. Yeah. He is such a Cam Newton fan. Why? He the loves Cam are, Newton. Yeah. He loves him, and him and I get into it all the time about Cam Newton, Cam Newton, Cam Newton. Just the dab thing and you know giving out the football i just i just wish oh, sometimes well, what's wrong with no, that but giving I, out I like, the football. No, I like that but it just kind of like uh make it a special thing you know when when you just rush 30 yards out and it's a game-winning drop that's cool yeah but every little nickel and down one yard run when the team went down a whole field mm-hmm. and you pay good money to do what you do as an nfl quarterback that's why you're in that position yeah sometimes no that's your job yeah. it's just like we all go to work if i go to work today and have a decent show I don't run down the hall bragging. I agree with you. You know, sometimes know, you just got to do your job. Yeah, it's like when it's normal, it's like a big deal. For instance, Barry Sanders, for those of you who are too young, I can't even remember. imagine I'm saying that, but he's been retired about 15 years. Barry Sanders on almost every play, if he wanted to, could stand up and have a celebration dance because he was unbelievable. This guy regularly ran 70 yards for touchdowns and in his entire 13, 14 year NFL career, never spiked the ball once. And he scored well over 100 touchdowns. And it's like he, he couldn't fit in now. You know what, Clay? In the history of sports, there's only two players I'd love to sit down and ever get the answer to because I could never do it. Because I would be one of those players if God blessed me with that type of athletic ability. I would be one of those guys that they would say, you got to walk away. You should have walked away two years ago. You shouldn't have fought again. Right. You follow me? Yeah. I'm one of those guys. Yeah. I would have kept fighting and fighting and yeah. fighting because of the praise and the money and yeah. that sort of thing, which tarnishes your reputation sure. and your legacy. Sure. Is Jim Brown and Barry Sanders. Yeah. How they handled themselves Man. in the prime of their career. The prime. And you know what? After a couple of months and then a year, I still got it. Yeah. I want to come back. Right. But yet they said, no, I appreciate it. Barry, I don't want back in. Barry's, my legacy is my man, legacy. I'm not going to tarnish it. Barry Sanders was a season away from being the all-time leading rusher and just said, I'm done. I'm done. And I, you know what? Here's what's crazy about it. Neither one of those players played on dominant teams. No, they did, they like did it Brown. on individual athletic ability. And Jim Brown left Cleveland to go to Hollywood. I mean, and, and, and people talk about Adrian Peterson now and, and a guy like Leonard Fournette. Go look up at some footage of Jim Brown. I mean, he, he it was a job tackling that guy One for 60 minutes. One of my favorite minutes. movies of all time, Jim Brown and the Dirty Dozen. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think any athlete has ever performed well in a movie better than Jim, Jim Brown Brown's in that movie. Jim Brown's good being angry, though. That's kind of his rest face, a scowl. So let's talk about baseball. Just Pete, uh, uh, Pete Rose, I want to ask you this. It's amazing to me that for 20 years, 20 years plus, they've been, but it's been intense for the last 20 about Pete Rose, get, Rose getting into the Hall of Fame. Recently, it was acknowledged by him that he's still betting on baseball. He clearly can't want to get into the Baseball Hall of Fame. You know what, Clay? I've never been a big baseball guy. No, I'm not either, but, but it's but just that story. With this, yeah. well, I, well, I understand the rules, and he knew the rules as a manager and a player. Okay? Yeah. I, I understand all yeah. that. My point is... All of us work at certain companies with yes. benefits, right? Sure. I'm not saying it's a benefit in Major League Baseball, yeah. okay? But understand the principle it is. Mm-hmm. And, and they offer you stock options. Mm-hmm. You want to buy stock? You want to invest in your own company? Yeah. 
Hey, look, I'm okay with Pete Rose betting on the Reds when he was the manager because he always bet on him to win. Right. To win. That's like buying stock in your company. Yeah, He's yeah. investing back. I get the fact that you can't do it. I yeah, understand yeah. the fact. But it's not like he was throwing his own team under the bus to profit. It right. wasn't like he was throwing a, a, a rag on guy there when they were trying to win a division just because he wanted to win. Sure. So, hey, look, Pete Rose, he's had his day. And Pete's been graceful a little bit in walking away from this. And, and for the legacy of the game and the history of the game and all the commissioners who have come before the, the current commissioner who have decided they don't want to throw the, the other commissioners under the bus. Yeah. All right, what the rules are or what the rules will always be, I'm not going to do that. This commissioner and that commissioner and the commissioner before me, I'm not going to trash them. I'm not going to take away their decisions because I'm the new guy, mm -hmm. and I think I know better. So Pete Rosie made a mistake personally, man-to-man, -man, morally, integrity-wise. I have no issue with Pete Rose. No, but I do understand yeah. why Major League Baseball yeah. is doing what Major League Baseball well, continues to do. But at, it's the against same time, the at the same time, it isn't like steroids, right? I mean, if you're betting on the Reds, to win, which you would hope as the manager, you want them to win every game anyway. It's not like taking a substance that gives you an unfair advantage that everybody else doesn't have. It just, you know, that's just something. Uh, changing gears here again, you, you mentioned Trump, uh, Trump earlier. Donald Trump, who looks like he's probably going to be the nominee unless some things change. What do you think about that? All right, here's my point. My point is, I understand only what I do for a living how hard I work, my homework, and how I treat my family matters to me. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if it's a Democratic, a Republican, a Libertarian. It doesn't matter to me, yeah, really, quite. Yeah. All I want is somebody, when I'm sitting there drinking a cold beer, yeah. eating a piece of pizza, yeah. who says what I think and what I say sometimes. That's scary. I mean, it is scary. That's scary. But look scary. at his numbers. You know, America's to the point where people are pissed off and tired of the political correctness yeah. and us opening up our uh, borders to everybody and their brother, and then them coming in and saying how we should live in this country, and then coming in and saying how we should treat people in this country. Guess what? You've been here for a year. You've been here for 10 years. My folks came over from Northern Ireland right. in 1840. Screw yeah. you. Yeah. I don't have to listen to you and how we have more diversity. And we got safe zones on college campus. I got your freaking safe zones right here. Let me tell you this. If I can keep out 999,000 good, hardworking, patriotic, loving American Muslims to keep out one no good son of a bitch, I'm in. Yeah, I think you're going to find lots of people who agree with you on that. That's one. why Trump's numbers are which Trump's numbers. That's why people are tired of it, Clay. Are, They're tired of it. Are you? You know, you know what I'm tired of, Clay? Okay. Why do when our people, our engineers here, and yes. they go over to Saudi Arabia from mm -hmm. Dow and Exxon, they go over there that their wife has to dress a certain way in their country. Have to. You mm -hmm. got to dress it's that law. way. You can't. Exactly right. So you know what? Out of respect, then, don't wear your little hijabs at the Albertsons. Out of respect, don't do it. Whatever the hell they call them. I mean, I'm tired of it. Okay. It's the law over there, but it's not the law here. I and you get a you. bitch and complain about it, and now you're worried about, well, guess what? We're being stared at. Oh, guess what? I feel threatened now. Then get your ass back to the Muslim country, and guess what? Let some freaking jihad, jihadist, some Muslim terrorist kill you because you just so happen to be walking down that same dirt road as a U.S. soldier. Yeah. So am I hearing you say you're going to announce your candidacy for mayor? Well, I mean, I can't. Look, no, let me tell you. Look, can I just vent here for a second? A little bit, a little bit. Because, I mean, you know, I mean, oh, 
Rand, Rubio, all these people on the Republican side. Jeb Bush, I guarantee you, Jeb Bush was probably at the Star Wars movie last night dressed up as, uh, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi or something. Probably not. Yeah, no, the guy comes across as a little sissy. I mean, Jeb Bush doesn't have a pair of Chinese. When I'm watching the guy talk, I don't know. I'm just telling you, he presents himself as a man. I wouldn't wouldn't let babysit my kids because he's too weak in case it was a strange knock at the door. (laughs) I mean, I just don't like to do. To me, Donald Trump says what he's going to say. You know what? When they address the nation, I would look forward to listening to Donald Trump. He may get silly. He may say something stupid. They he's going to be entertaining. Seven delay too. Yeah, but he's going to be entertaining. Yeah, that's and true. I know doing well. Hey, ISIS is not cutting videos and putting people in cages and putting them in the water. And he on the beaches of Tripoli doing two hours and marching these guys down the beaches and East Baton Rouge prison orange fatigues. And we still can't find them and fire F 16s and blow up their ass. Yeah. Think yeah. about that. Yeah. Are you going to run for mayor? No, let me tell you this. One more thing. Clay, the only way we can beat ISIS yes. is you got to have innocent people die. Yeah. Unfortunately, man, because they hide among innocent people. They you do got their to. dirt and then they go and they get in populated areas. You got to have civilian casualties. It is a shame, but you got to have civilian casualties. Until you kill their wives and their kids and their grandkids. But I don't think they care about that. That's the way- oh, they do. You think they do? Oh, I guarantee I you. I don't think they do. Well, I don't think they do. I mean, they'll put, well, they'll, listen, they'll have their wives strap a, a, a bomb vest on and walk into a populated. Look at this guy in San Bernardino, okay, who went to get this woman from, from one of these Middle Eastern countries, brings her back, they're married, and look at that. Quite, I don't think he cares about ask you her. How do you think we beat Japan? Same thing here. No, no, we took, we, took the, we took the training wheels off. We took all the, you know, like you go bowling, you take the guards down. We took the guardrails down. They dropped two big ones. Yeah. I guarantee if we drop two or three big ones in the Middle East, what's that going to change? There's going to be more Muslims who hate us. There'll be less Muslims to even try to hate us. You know, you, you, we, we talk about things like this all the time, and you and I agree on, you know, a lot of stuff. And, and one of the things we often agree on is that people are trying too hard to be offended now. And that's, that's the thing that gets me. Everybody looks to be offended. And it just, I think the unintended consequence of that, and maybe even it's intended, well, is he, that all of this strife is happening he, where what, you can't disagree without there having to be gunfire. Here's what, you know, here's what I'm tired of, Clay. I'm tired of people who live in this country and they work hard and they practice whatever their faith is. You know, Baptists, Christians, Jews, Presbyterians, Episcopalians, whatever, whatever your religious belief is. And now we have to apologize to a group of people who feel like they're not being treated right. Really? I just don't understand that. Why should I have to apologize? Why should people of every other religion have to apologize to a group of people who are here because we gave them an opportunity yeah. to come to a country to better themselves, to get an education? Another thing that pisses me off, and this has been going back to the early 80s with the Iran hostage situation. Yeah. I was an LSU student at that time. Yeah. Tiger Plaza had a basketball court. We had some bloody basketball battles. Bloody. We went against the Muslim kids, and they were talking under their breath. They were going Islamic on us, and that whole thing at that time with yeah. the— let me tell you, we opened up a can of whip a hand. If we could take them out, we took them out. If we could give bloody nose, we gave them a bloody nose. Because we wanted to remind them each and every night. We even left the headlights on on our Trans Ams and our Camaros and our 78 Capalas. You know why we did it? Because we wanted to let them know you in this freaking country, baby. Your people are back there holding our hostages. Screw you. I'm going to dunk over you again. Wait a minute. Hold, what, what, what? Hold, hold up. Eight foot goes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm just, okay. that's, that's, you just, you can't we went, I went Biddy on that. <laughs> Biddy. 
No, but Clay, I'm just sick and tired of people in this country have to worry about what the Muslims are worried about and how they feel like they're being stared at at the Walmart and this and that. You know what? Here's the thing, Clay. I got to do this. Oh, boy. Can we get every Muslim oh, in this world man. together and go oh, to a Koran Bible oh, study? Man. Because how is there one book of one religion that is so misunderstood by everybody who practices that same religion? I don't get it. These group of people think that uh, Allah stands for this and the Quran stands for that peace and loving people. We just want an opportunity. Uh, we are God-fearing, loving people, Allah. But then you got the other group reading the same damn book. Uh, hey, uh, I know damn well, if you give cat in a hat to a bunch of second graders, pretty much at the end, they're going to give you the same damn summary. They're all going to give you the same book report. How come every Muslim can't give you the same book report if they read the Quran? I'm asking you. I, I think that they use it as an excuse. And, and look, here's the thing, man. I don't really want to put anybody on the couch and psychoanalyze why. Bottom line is you don't get to come kill Americans. We spend way too much money trying to figure it out. I tell you what, you know what we ought to figure out? Whether we want to cremate or just bury after the execution. Well, Clay, you know what? This may be one of the most poignant, controversial things I've ever said. Oh, dear God. I know everything I needed to know about Muslims on 9-11 of 2001. Hmm. But you can't put every Muslim into that category. Not every one of them wants to do that. Dropping a mic. Are you running for mayor? I am not running for mayor. I am not. Why not? Just because. Don't you think? Don't you think? Don't you think it would be fun? But you know what? I look at it two ways, Clay. It could be huge. Yeah, they see, there wouldn't be see? any middle ground. There yeah. wouldn't be any middle no, ground. No. It would either be huge, and I would be the shock of the world. Shock of the world. You know or it would humble me yeah. by people going, "Hey, well, you're entertaining." When I get a radio diary, I'll fill it out. I like it. <laughs> But I'm not sure <laughs> when be, that curtain's closed. Uh, yeah. I want you to lead my community. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, a lot of stuff, and I've said this before, I've said this to you here. You know, what you do on the radio, the, the over-the-top personality, people who know you know you're, you're a smart guy and that you're way well, more Let me tell you key. something. Let me tell you, there if I was mayor, my first thing I would do, oh, the man. very first thing I would do would get gondolas over the city to help people get to work in the morning, that traffic situation. Dude. We're going to get those gondolas, man. How does I'm Sh telling you, we got to get the gondolas. How does Shreveport have like two loops and Baton Rouge just, we can't figure that out? We got to get the gondolas. Is, is that we got to right? get it. Is yeah. that right? So, you know what's good about having gondolas? Yes. I could just park my car and not have to actually drive through 70805. I could just hover over. Let's just defend everybody <laughs> along the way here. Just, just run through hey, the And you checklist. white people out there in Livingston Parish, stop <laughs> breeding pit bulls and doing meth. There you so go. See, have an equal opportunity yeah, shot. See, that's off. what you don't realize. No, I, I absolutely do. So your favorite Christmas tradition is what? Ah, getting up about 5 in the morning, doing a shot of Crown, making ah. sure the, uh, okay. <laughs> sure the gifts are wrapped. Okay. No, no. I mean, I really don't have one. I mean, I guess the night before when the kids were young, Sue and I would stay up and kind yeah. of talk yeah. and realize how the kids are growing. Yeah. And they're going into third grade next year. Mm -hmm. She'll be in eighth grade next year as we wrap their gifts. Sure. And seeing how the gifts have changed over the years from little toy trinkets 
to little movables well, you buy, and more D you, batteries and, and that sort less, of thing. You're buying less of them as they get older, though. And then it's more electronic stuff, yeah. as you know. Yeah. You're yeah. at the age of your yeah. kids. Yeah. So it's just one of those things. And now you need more support. And I was one of those dads over the years. I had to pay my neighbor to come put together that toy. <laughs> hey no, Frank, you what are you doing? I got it. <laughs> so no, no Christmas traditions. Nothing that you do. Well, you know what saddens me, and Clay, I've heard this for years because you know during the holidays they say certain people get depressed because we lose friends and yeah. loved ones sure. for every reason. Sure. And then you know your parents get old and that sort of thing, and they can't cook anymore and be the hub yeah. and be the super glue of everybody. So uh, that's the only thing I regret about Christmas. It, it just always can't stay the same yeah. and be consistent. It's kind of that baton in life. Because even if you got kids like you and I do that, you know, they'll stay around Christmas morning a little yeah, bit or that yeah, afternoon or yeah. Christmas Eve. But then they're going to go be with their girlfriend oh, or sure, boyfriend sure, or friends yeah. and that sort of thing. Yeah. So just seeing how life as we age, it just changes. I mean, Christmas is never always the same, especially sure. when you get to be our age. But F- it's good. Favorite Christmas movie? Favorite Christmas movie, man. Oh, gee whiz, that's tough. I'm not a big Christmas movie guy. It's not National Lampoons. You know, I, if I would have to pick one just in fun, mm-hmm. I, I would pick that one. Yeah. Just because I'm not into the Christmas story and all the black and white movies. Yeah, and yeah. I, it's just not my thing on Christmas morning. That movie has become a cult legend, the National Lampoons Christmas Vacation. Now, Die Hard a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's not really yeah. a Christmas per se movie. But it's funny, but it but is. It's, it kind of is. It's action, is. and then when they come back in and yeah. it's snowing. But it kind of is because it's a movie And then movie his wife slides yeah, down, yeah, yeah, yeah playing, yeah. and they're hugging one another. Yeah, yeah. And a guy comes pick him up in a golf cart. So oh, are, yeah. are you going to put on a tin hat and go see Star Wars? Let me tell you something, Clay. In the history of mankind, in the history of mankind, recently there's never been a bigger gathering of nerds in a real-life Steve Urkels when they were in elementary school than this whole Star Wars Force Awakens. I've never seen so many goofballs and so many nerds and so many ugly white dudes who oh, didn't take PE now. because their mom always sent the note saying he's uh, sick today. No, he can't take right PE. By the way, all those kids, all those kids when you were a kid in the neighborhood were playing with the girls in their houses with Barbies as you were out there playing tackle the man with the football and playing soldier yeah, and riding your 10 speeds no, and that no. kid would never come out of the house. Yeah. That is the same guy that's you now an adult standing in line and sleeping out overnight and dressing out like a Star Wars character. That's not, that's, I got that's your freaking saber right here no, that's that's not fair that's not you know what clay now. i got a new top 25 poll when it comes to new goofballs and nerds kids we made fun of when we were kids i thought trekkies were number one trekkies are now number two the latest goofball nerd poll has come out okay. it's people who are sitting out and sleeping out to go see star wars <laughs> or force awakens nothing but goofball overweight white dudes dating white ugly broads that's what it is that's just not right man that's, that's well life's that's not wrong. fair clay <laughs> because if life was fair there was nobody walking around in the mall shop and forgets what little Tyrannosaurus Rex owns. <laughs> I, I, okay. What's on the paper there? Oh my God. Uh, my, my bad. What's that? What's on the paper there? Uh, I want to talk about economic development in North Baton Rouge. Oh no. Can we, can we talk about that? Oh no. You want to yeah, stay away no, from that? No, no, because no. I know. It's a podcast. I don't know. A lot of those people are guests of yours. And po- I, don't want them, <laughs> I don't want them to come in and have and them say, why nah, you get that jackass no, on? No, no, go ahead. Well, you know, I mean, John Delgado is my rep. Yeah, he is. All right. And John came out and he, you know, he had some advice, suggestions on economic development in North Baton Rouge. And however, Shauna Banks Daniel and Ronnie Edwards, C. Denise Marcel, Donna Collins Lewis, and uh, who am I leaving out? That's like five ladies on it. Tara Wicker. Okay, let's go with Tara. It is Tara Wicker. That's good. God bless her. Now, look, 
They've come out. They got a problem. With actually, his- actually, Donna and uh, uh, Denise and uh, Ronnie are no longer on the. Okay, city so council. fine. So they came out. They got a problem with John Delgado, right? Yes. yes. Okay, so all right. If you're so involved in economic development in your mm-hmm. areas, mm-hmm. then how come it still looks like it looks every time I get off that exit and drive through your part of the constituents you mm-hmm. represent? Mm-hmm. Hey, look. The guy's a white dude. I think it's a black-white thing. The white dude came up with better ideas than they came up with because all they want is votes and they want to cash that check and go home and live their life. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you something. I've been through North Baton Rouge since 1978, 79. It's the same thing. It's bail bondsmen, billboards. It's the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's dilapidated liquor stores. It's the same thing. It's furniture outside of houses that don't have a front door. It's the same thing. What? It's vehicles up on blocks. It's the same thing. It's guys loitering on a corner. Sisters wearing mini skirts at the age of sixty, still thinking they're high for a twenty dollar fix. Let me uh, tell you yeah, something. Let's John, I'm not generalizing. Yeah, you make the drive will go together. It's the same old crap. That area doesn't get any better. And okay. these people have represented that area for how long? Yeah. You know what? What they need to do is worry about wearing their own damn body cameras. Let me see what you're doing, what you're promoting of economic development in the areas you represent. See, Denise Marcel, why don't you go out there? I want you to talk and bring in business wearing a body camera so I can confirm you're actually doing a damn thing instead of being a spokesperson, and that's all you are. And you get on the news, and you say this and say that. At least a white guy who represents me wants to go to your area and help your peeps. (laughs) You know, you bring Denise Marcel up every time you're here. I think she's one of your favorite people. No, she just runs her mouth, and she won't do anything. She talks a good game. Well, you know, the run your mouth thing is, uh, y'all got that in common. Well, let me tell you, you know what area she represents, right? Yeah. You tell me how that's improved since she's represented that area. Give me one business that's moved in there. You tell me one street you can go down, and guess what? Everybody's cleaned up. They've cut their grass. The houses are painted. It looks nice. It's beautiful. She talks a good game. She's got a problem with other people wanting to help her people, but she's not doing a damn thing for her own people. But yet she bitches and complains about what Delgado wants to do. Delgado don't have to do that. He can just worry about District 12. I like my area. Everything is good. We get involved in our own community. Mm-hmm. Now, I get you got to get involved in your own community sure, first. Sure. But you know what? You need a person to show you direction and compassion and give you a reason to get involved. And none of these ladies are doing that, but they want to blame somebody else for lending a helping hand. It's absolutely ridiculous. And unfortunately, the people they represent are going to keep voting them in office because it sounds good. And they used to go to school together. And I like how certain people on the board are going, they don't know no man Kip Holden said. John Delgado, he don't know. He never been to church in North Baton Rouge. I didn't realize you had to go to church in a certain part of town to know what to do to bring in jobs and economic development. What in the hell does that have to do with anything? It makes no sense. Wow. Tell me I'm wrong. Wow. No, 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 no. I mean, I, I look, I think there is, you got to do something up there and nobody can say it's going well because it's not. So let's move on. Your advice for people in 2016. People who want to sit at the learning tree of Richard Condon and hear and drink from the cup of your knowledge, and they want to, f- I can't, and they want to find out what they need to do with their lives in 2016. Your piece of advice would be what? Now, nah, the bottom line is, Clay, and I've said it for a long time, and I've lived my life this way. You just got to do for you. You got to do for you. You can't rely on people on a metro council. You can't rely on a president. You can't rely on Congress. You can't rely on a Senate. You can't rely on any of that. You can't locally, uh, regionally, nationally. You can't. 
You got to live your life each and every day and go out there and beat the bushes and provide for your family and, and do good things and do character things and be involved in your community and not be fake, not say things to get votes, not say things to be on Channel 9 or mm-hmm. Channel 2, not say things to have quotes in the advocate. It's not about all of that crap. It's about taking care of yourself. It's about taking care of people you care about. It's about instilling into your kids and helping a neighbor in need. That's what it's all about. And the older you get in life, that's what really defines you as a human being. Yeah. That defines you as a human being. The only thing, the two key things in life, really three, uh, knowing who your maker is and whoever that is, God bless you, live mm-hmm. your life right, sure. love your family, and always lend a helping hand to somebody else if you can. And each and every day, get up and work hard, and when you put your pillow on the bed that night in 2016, you ask yourself, did I treat the people in my life the way I should have today? Did I do everything possible today to, to provide for my family financially? If you can put your head on your pillow every night and, and tell yourself that and, and believe it, not out of insecurity, but totally believe it, life is good. Nobody can determine where we're going to be in life, how much money we're going to make, and how much those people around us are going to care about us. But we can do whatever we can do to make that happen. You can hear him every Monday through Friday in the Baton Rouge area on Eagle 98.1. And you can log on to the website if you're listening in some other part of the country and hear Richard Condon. He's one of my dearest friends. He doesn't have a filter. And every now and again, he'll throw one at me that I wasn't even ready for. Uh, And he even dropped the mic for the first time in our podcast, History Together. Clay, to you and your family and to all your listeners, a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you, brother. Have you ever wanted to host your own podcast? Coming soon, Clay Young Enterprises and Podcast 225 will be giving you your big chance. You'll be able to use professional broadcast equipment to create a podcast that you can be proud of. You'll have an engineer and a professional show open and close. The Clay Young Show is already considered one of the best podcasts in the state. Get the same audio quality and professional packaging for your very own podcast. Stay tuned for more details. Your chance to have your own show is coming soon. This is the Clay Young Show on Podcast225.com. Ah, Richard Condon never fails to just bring it. Dude never, never disappoints. Whether you agree with him or disagree with him, he always has a high energy level. Well, it's New Year's. The new year is here. And I hope for all of you listening, a fantastic 2016. I hope you accomplish all of your goals, that you become wiser, more prosperous, and more expanded in this new and coming year. And most of all, that we can have more happiness going into this year than we had in the last. Not to say that last year or the year that's leaving was a less than happy one, but I think if you can be happy, if you can enjoy life and still make a difference and make some money in the process, that's getting it done. And I wish that for everybody listening. So on behalf of all of us here at CYE and me personally, have a great new year and we'll catch you on the flip side here on podcast225.com, iTunes, and the Talk 1073 app. Have a great one, y'all. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of The Clay Young Show.